Philippians chapter 4. We'll be continuing our Christ Is series. This will be number 18 in that. And today we'll be looking at Christ is our strength. Christ is our strength. But we'll read the context of the verse that we'll look at. Starting in verse 10 of Philippians chapter 4. And we'll read down to verse 20. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again wherein ye were also careful but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now just to give you an idea of the setting here, Paul's in prison when he's writing this letter. This is one of the prison epistles. And so for him to say right here, that he's content. That's the setting. He's actually in prison for preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere. And in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to, to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. There's our text. Verse 13. Notwithstanding ye have... Well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all in abound. I am full, having received a Epaphroditus, the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So our text will be found in verse thirteen for this week. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Now note the humility of Paul here in giving all the glory to our great God and King. He doesn't say, I can do all things by my own strength. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me, which strengthened me. He gives all the glory to our our great God and King. Now before we were saved, we we used to say, well, I can do all things, thinking we can do things in our own strength. And we, we attempted to do those things in our own strength. And if he had said, I can do all things, this would have been a a statement of self-righteousness. But look at how he now is a man born again of the Holy Spirit of God. And how even in this little verse here, he gives all the glory to God. All the glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. Through Christ, which strengthened me. Paul knew that he was a sinner. We know in, in his writings, he proclaims that he's the chief of sinners. That he proclaims that he's the least of all saints. And he's a man who's been humbled by God, hasn't he? And every believer has been humbled by God. He humbles us. He humbles us. He's been a man who's been humbled by the grace of God. Remember remember he was once, once a proud Pharisee. Very proud Pharisee. Who who probably thought he could do whatever he pleased. And did things in his own strength before the Lord saved him. 
but he's been humbled by the grace of God. He thought at one time he could do all things by his own strength, but here, and that was when he was Saul. Now here's Paul, a man humbled by God. Humbled by God. A self-denying man. A lowly man. Now remember, this is the man who wrote books in the... In our, a lot of the books in the New Testament. And he says, I can do all things through Christ with strength in me. This is a lowly statement for him. He's, he's putting man himself down and exalting Christ. Just like John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. So he's a humble, meek, lowly, self-denying man. And here in our verse we see Paul stating his lowliness in the fact that Christ is the one who gives him strength. Christ is the one who gives him strength. And he gives all the glory to the Lord in the small statement. I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ. And his adding through Christ gives him the glory. Gives him the glory. And only God is said to be able to do all things. Only God is said to be able to do all things. And this is who Paul gives the glory to. And remember who he's given the glory to. God incarnate in the flesh. The Lord Jesus Christ. He's given him all the glory. And all the honor. And all the praise. And he, who he speaks of, who gives him strength, is our Redeemer our mediator, our king, the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn, if you would, to Job chapter 42. Job chapter 42. And I'll read what Paul wrote over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 while you're turning there. Paul penned these words. He said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. And that ties in right in with our verse which says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Look at Job 42 verses 1 to 6. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything. Everything. And that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. You've heard of him by the hearing of the ear. But now mine eye seeth thee. That's what happens when a person's born again. We hear of him. The Holy Spirit regenerates us, and now we see him. And we don't stop looking to Christ. We continue to look to him. And then look at verse 6. After, after hearing of him and seeing him by faith, wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. He has revealed to him what he is and who God is. You see the difference of the God of religion and the God of Scripture? The God of Scripture is holy, sovereign. Reverence. And the God of religion can't do anything unless you let him. My. 
But by the grace of God, 1 Corinthians 15, 10, I'll read it again. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. It's all the work of God. Any gifts we have, any abilities we have, comes from him. Comes from him. So the truth of our verse is that the Lord Jesus Christ alone is our strength. He alone is our strength, beloved. The strength of true believers. And he's, if it wasn't for him, we'd fall a thousand times a day. But he keeps us and upholds us. And he's not only made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He's not only our light and our shield, but beloved, he's our strength. He's our strength. Turn, if you would, to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. We do not only live in him and by him and through him, but he himself is our life. Our life. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection. So we're to set our eyes upon Christ, and now we're, we're to set our hearts. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is what? Our life. He's our life. He's our strength. He's our life. He's everything. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear... Then shall ye also appear with him in glory. So we are not only strong in him, and by him, and through him, but he himself is our strength. We are weak, powerless without him. Without him, he's our strength. Now strength, strength, strength is twofold. There's natural strength. Some are very strong in body, right? Some are very strong in body. And they take, some people take great pride in their strength, in their ability. They're able to lift things or do things that, that some others cannot do. Now, Samson was the strongest who, 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 that we know who ever lived. But his strength came from the Lord. His strength came from the Lord. And Scripture declares that he killed a lion and slew a, a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. And, and he carried the, the city gates post all on his back and he pulled down the house with, with two hands and certainly the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him in a very peculiar way, strengthening him. Or he could have not done any of those things. Samson's a picture of Christ with his strength because Christ is our Samson. He's our champion. One commentator brings this. Samson, Samson's strengths which he received from God did not literally lie in his hair. It lay in his separation and sanctification and complete dedication to his, to his God and Savior. Samson's strength, like our Savior's strength, as a man, was his consecration to God. And what a lesson there is for us, we who are the children of God. Here is, here's your strength. It's... In this world, consecration to God our Savior, consecration to Him. And let we who believe on Christ be, be as one commentator said, true Nazarites to God. Now, this physical, natural strength, 
Some have it and some don't. And those who have it are often proud of it, are often proud of it. But we who are spiritually strong in Christ, we don't boast in the things that we've received. We don't boast in our strength in Christ. We boast in the one who gives us that strength. Christ and Christ alone. So the second strength is a twofold strength. Of the twofold strength is spiritual strength. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, which is strength in mind and soul, called strength in the inner man by Scripture. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. But we'll look at the context, verse 14 to 21. Ephesians 3, verse 14 to 21. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. This is the strength Paul's talking about. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, and the believer is rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, and note that, according to the power that worketh in us. Remember, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of the flesh. It's him who works that in us. So it's God working in us. And again, he gets all, that's why Paul's giving him all the glory, even with the strength that he receives. Strength from the, for the inner man. Now think of this. Who's our worst enemy? Amen, brother. Our flesh. Our flesh. And so when we hear the gospel preached, when we read the scripture, the inner man is strengthened. Strengthened. And that's what he's saying in in 16, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit, strengthened by the Holy Spirit of God in the inner man. So let's go back to verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So just before this portion, and Paul was talking about how it is the working of God by his grace that had made him a minister. And that it's the grace of God whereby he proclaims the unsearchable riches of Christ and that the church might know the manifold wisdom of God which is found in Christ alone and that their hope would be in Christ alone. According to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might and by a spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Strengthened, strengthened in the inner man by the Holy Spirit of God. 
Now, this spiritual strength only comes from God. Only comes from God. God granting it to the believer, and it's only in Christ. Because Christ is our salvation, and he's also our sustainer. Remember that, too. He saved us, and he sustains us. He preserves us. He preserves us. He keeps us. He's the great physician. The great physician. And we can only stand before the things that come before us by his strength. By his strength. Now, what what need is there that he should be our strength? Well, think of this. Those who think they have no need will never come to Christ will never come to Christ. We saw that in our study on the great physician, didn't we? And the Lord himself said, I didn't come for the whole. I came for the sick. He's the great physician. Those who are needy. Needy. And remember this, that that which needs strength is what? Weakness. Are you weak? I am. I need strength every day. All the time. All the time. So that which needs strength is weakness, and we are weak. The believer's cry is, yes, I'm weak. I'm weak. We are weak and can do nothing, nothing, nothing on our own. We've tried, haven't we? We who come out of religion tried. We fell right in our face. And even men who's not in religion, tries by their own strength to gain merit and favor with God. And it'll lead to their eternal doom if the Lord leaves them in that state. Turn, if you would, to John 15, verse 5. I love looking at this verse because this verse really does tell us we can do nothing without Christ, who is our strength. And this means, what we'll look at here means separate from him, you can do nothing. You can't save yourself. Look at this, John 15, 5. We'll just look at that one verse, but the vine and the branches. But look at this. I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, in Christ. The elect are his body. They're in Christ. And I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. Now look at the last part of this verse. It, this, this verse destroys works-based religions. For without me, ye can do nothing. Now let us remember that as believers too. And not try to do things in our own strength. But to trust and rest in Christ. Because without him, we can do nothing. Nothing at all. And that's, that's a very plain statement for us to understand, isn't it? And now it's hard because... because we still battle this flesh, don't we? We still sometimes think we have to do things. Eh? But remember, God is, God is satisfied with the sacrifice of Christ. And we are in him. In him. And, and let, us, let us let this burn into our hearts. You can, without me, you can do nothing. And then let us turn that into praise for our wonderful Savior. Or our wonderful Savior. So think of this. Outside of Christ, we can't please God. Right? Because who's God, who's God pleased with? Christ. So this verse is so exclusive. 
so exclusive. Outside of Christ, we can't satisfy the law of God. Outside of Christ, the wrath of God has a claim on us. But praise be to God, in Christ, we are forgiven. The law has no claim. Justice has been satisfied. The wrath of God has been turned away, propitiated, turned away. Oh, it's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So we can see, without Christ, we can do nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Can't save ourselves, but oh, in Christ we are saved. And we must be strengthened in the inner man by Christ, by Christ alone. So he becomes, just like Paul wrote, are all in all. You see how it can, Scripture continuously ties in with each other? Continuously. If, if you see a Scripture and you can't find other ones to match with it, they always there's always something to match with it. There's always a Scripture that backs up another Scripture. Just let the Lord reveal it to you. It's wonderful. So we are weak and needy creatures. But the believer cries in our weakness. He is strong. Remember that, no matter what comes our way, trials, tribulations, because they will come, and they do, don't they? And they're often painful, and they're hard. But remember, Lord, you are my strength. You are my rest. Well, if he slay me, yet I'll trust him, right? Amen. We just trust him. We just trust him. We're weak in our understanding, so he must give us an understanding of the Scriptures. He must illuminate the scriptures, right? Which strengthen the inner man. When we, when we read the scriptures, we, we get strength from reading the scriptures. When we hear the gospel preached and hear about our Savior, we're strengthened in the inner man. We're built up in Christ. And remember, we're also being conformed, right? Stones made ready. We're being conformed to the image of Christ, to the various things that we're going through. It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. So every time we open the Bible to read, Every time we go to hear a sermon, let us say, Lord Jesus Christ, be my strength. And strengthen me, please, Lord, strengthen me by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Because we'll never understand the Scriptures unless He illuminates them. And God will illuminate the Scriptures for His people. He teaches us, doesn't He? We come in here sometimes, and I've prepared a sermon, and I'll, and, and I'll preach the sermon, and it'll, it may be just what you need to hear to strengthen you. And the Lord laid that on my heart. And I'm learning too. And I'm being strengthened as well as I'm studying. It's, it's, it's wonderful. But that's how the Lord works. And it's all for His glory. It's all for His honor. And all for His praise. And we become strengthened in the inner man as the Holy Spirit illuminates the Scriptures. And we, again, we are, we're weak and we need strength, don't we? We need it. And it's Christ who strengthens us. And we see our weakness on full display when we, when we hear the gospel preached, when we read the scriptures, we see our own weakness on full display. And praise God if you do see that, because it's Him who's revealing that to you. And it's wonderful. Isn't it wild? Because before we were saved, we, we thought we had to be strong and, you know, and be able to do all these things. And after the Lord saves us, we see our absolute weakness. And we cry out to God continuously, all the time. And when I say continuously, I mean through the day or through the week. That's all. I don't mean every second, but you know what I mean. We're, we're, it's a constant, it becomes a constant life of relying upon Him and trusting Him 
as our strength, as our life, as our food, everything, everything. And he is the strength of our heart. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 73. Psalm 73. Psalm 73, verses 24 to 28. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Now look at that. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. The Lord guides us through this earth. His sheep protecting us, watching over us, strengthening us, giving us grace as we need it. Right? And then he receives us to glory. He receives us to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? There's the question. There's no one. When we get the glory, we're going to see Christ. We're going to see our King. And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart. See, there's what Paul wrote, right? Christ is his strength. Christ is God incarnate in the in, in the flesh, and my portion forever. Who's our portion forever? Christ, amen. Christ and Christ alone. My, it's wonderful. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare all his works. And we do that, don't we? We, we who trust in Christ, we then live a life declaring the great things that God had done for us. He saved me. He saved me. And we marvel in the fact that He saved us, don't we? Oh my. And we declare His wondrous works. And sometimes our faith is weak, just as it was with the disciples. And sometimes we cry to our great God and King, the Lord Jesus Christ, just as the, the father of a child with an unclean spirit. Mark 9.24 says this, And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. That, is that not our cry sometimes? That is, isn't it? Help my unbelief, Lord. Oh. So we continuously cry out to the Lord to, to strengthen our faith and to increase it. And our Lord does, again, through the reading of the word, through the preaching of the gospel of God's free and sovereign grace in Christ. And Christ is our strength. He's our strength. He keeps us from falling. It's him who preserves us. He keeps us from falling by his strength and by his power. And the believer knows this. He'd been taught, we've been taught this, haven't we? And as I said earlier, if, if our salvation was dependent upon us, we would we'd blow it a thousand times a day. More than that, probably. But isn't it, isn't it wonderful to know that we trust in a God who keeps us? We'll be looking at eternal security this morning. We are, do you know the believer is eternally secure in Christ? Eternally. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Now think of that in contrast to religion, which tells you you have to keep doing stuff. And you know, they never find enough to not stop you. They always got to do something. What do we have to do? Rest. Trust. 
repose in Christ. We live a life of faith now, of trusting in our great God and King. Colossians chapter 1, if you would turn there. Colossians chapter 1. And I'll read Isaiah chapter 32 too, which says, O Lord, be gracious unto us. We have waited for thee. Be thou their arm in every morning, our salvation also in the time of strength. So when he says their arm every morning, their strength every morning. And this is what we cry. Lord, be my strength every day. I need you every, every day. I need you. I need you to be my daily strength, Lord. And he is. And our strength is provided by the arm of God. And who's the arm of God? We know Christ. Christ is the arm of God. He's the arm of God. And we have new afflictions every day, don't we? New afflictions come our way. And how are we to bear them? I ask you, how are we to bear them but in the strength of Christ? Think of all the things that we've went through. And again, I, I do like to look back at the, how the Lord's carried us through. Think about things that have happened in your life, in your walk since the Lord saved you. Think about this. And how it would have probably destroyed you before you were saved. And he carry you right to him. He's your strength. He's your strength. Carrying you right through all those. And that's why Paul says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, which is our text. again. So we know from our study in Colossians that Christ alone is our strength. Paul proclaimed this in, in the first chapter of Colossians when bringing forth the preeminence of Christ as opposed to the teaching of the false, the false teachers. And we saw that in our study who had come among them teaching works, right? Remember they were teaching works in secret knowledge that only they could impart. And, and Paul, Paul brings forth the preeminence of Christ. That salvation is in and through Christ alone. Look at, look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 14. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Now, there it is right there. Strengthened with, by his glorious power. So, again, Paul's bringing forth the preeminence of Christ. Man in religion tries to be their own strength. And even man before he's saved tries to be their own strength. I know, I've experienced both. But for the believer, God is our strength. God is our strength. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. That wasn't us before the Lord saved us, was it? We're going through things and stuff. But well, now we endure things that the Lord puts us through, right? Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet. Now that meet word meet there means qualified in the Greek qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. We're qualified for heaven by Christ Jesus our Lord. Qualified by him. So again, Paul's bringing forth the preeminence. And look at this marvelous verse. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We were once under the power of darkness, dead in trespasses and sins. Had no care for God and the things of God. And we have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have what? Redemption 
through his blood. It's all Christ. Even the forgiveness of sins. How many sins? All of them. All of them. It's wonderful. All of them. But note in verse 11 where our strength comes from. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power. So that ties right in with Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. It is his strength that keeps us. And it is his strength that upholds us. It's his strength that empowers us. Because we know we have no strength to accomplish these things. So let us ponder the strength of Christ. This is divine strength. Divine strength. We need his strength to empower us and to keep us and to strengthen us through this life. We are weak, but he is strong. And think of this. I want us to think of this. We are in his everlasting arms. The arms of strength. Divine arms. We are in the everlasting arms of Christ. Those arms hold us. Those arms comfort us. And we are strengthened by those arms, by Christ. According to his glorious power, not according to our power, as we do not have the power, but all in and through Christ, who is the power and wisdom of God, And he has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Let's last look at our text one more time. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. So let us marvel in the strength and the power that was on display at Calvary's cross. Let us marvel in the strength and power that was on display at Calvary's cross. When Christ purchased us, when Christ redeemed us with his own precious blood, how he endured the wrath of God, which was deserved us. And then he cried, what strength. And remember, he gave up the ghost. He willingly gave up his life. And then he cried, it is finished. What strength was on display at the cross. What power was on display at the cross. Oh, And then think of that, what power and strength is on display there, and we know that he is the one who Paul's writing on. I can do all things through Christ, the God-man, God incarnate in the flesh, which strengthened me. And the believer says, "Praise praise his name, give him all the glory. Let's go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for this time. And we thank you, Lord, knowing that we are weak and that we can do nothing on our own, but seeing today that you are our strength. You are the one who keeps us. And we thank thee for that. We pray that you'd be glorified today and magnified in the preaching of your word, that our hearts will be turned to you. We love thee because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.